Good morning. Under fire, pressure growing on New York Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign over that bombshell report alleging he sexually harassed 11 women or face impeachment. The votes are there comfortably. The governor now facing criminal probes and a potential lawsuit, but saying he's not going anywhere. We will have the very latest. Staggering cases of the coronavirus soar past 200 million worldwide, while the Delta variant rages across the U.S. Just ahead, the alarm being sounded by doctors on the front lines, the new move by health officials to boost vaccinations, and the battle that's erupted over masks. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. We have everything you need to know. Spirit not in the sky. The airline canceling even more flights. Frustration building for thousands of stranded passengers from coast to coast. Will things get any better today? All that plus Banner Day. Team USA building on its impressive metal hull. Gold and silver in the shot put. Ah! The first medals in the men's 200-meter race in 13 years. A teenager winning the first ever gold in canoeing. No one will be able to catch her. And overnight bronze for the U.S. women's soccer team, plus big wins in men's basketball and women's beach volleyball. We've got it all covered, and medal winners joining us live. And welcome home, the U.S. women's gymnastics team returning from a very successful games in Tokyo. It's Sunni Lee who's in the top spot. Overcoming tough competition and unexpected challenges to earn six medals. And they're making our Olympic Plaza their very first stop back in the States. And we can't wait to celebrate with them today, Thursday, August 5th, 2021. Allison Felix, though, always clutch. Can anyone stop this beast? <laughs> Ryan Krauser. An A-plus performance today for the United States. From NBC News, this is a special edition of Today at the Olympic Games with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Rockefeller Plaza. silver in the team competition all around for gold for Suni Lee, four individual medals. Y'all, y'all look so good this morning on the plaza. Hey. What's funny is you guys rode home on the plane together. I know, we were all together what did on the you flight? just put them in the team station wagon and bring them right on over here? Nobody knows if it's morning or night. We're so happy you're here. We're going to have a big reunion. Yeah. Suni and her parents yes. right here on this plaza in just a few we're minutes. We're looking forward to all of that. Yep. yep. 
Oh, well, we got to get to our news and here are the top headlines. New trouble for embattled New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. That's our top story. In the wake of that report from the state's attorney general that detailed harassment allegations by 11 women, the governor now facing criminal probes and new calls to resign or face impeachment. Let's get started with NBC's senior national correspondent, Kate Snow, who joins us with the latest. Kate, good morning to you. Good morning, Savannah. Governor Cuomo spent Wednesday holed up out of sight in Albany, New York, in the Capitol, as more Democrats who once supported him now demand that he step down. And a new snap poll shows the majority of New Yorkers want that, too. This morning, it appears Andrew Cuomo's options may be running out as New York State Democrats issue a stark warning for their governor. Resign now or impeachment is inevitable. Make no mistake. If he does not step down immediately, the legislature is prepared to move forward and the votes are there comfortably for impeachment. A longtime Cuomo loyalist, the head of New York's Democratic Party, urging him to step aside, saying in part, the party and this state will not be well served by a long, protracted removal process. If the state assembly does draw up articles of impeachment, Cuomo would have to temporarily step aside during a trial in the state Senate, something that hasn't happened there in over a century. I called for the governor to resign because I do believe that uh, we need to put this behind us and move forward in order to take care of New Yorkers and, and, and New York. Governors in neighboring states who once partnered with Cuomo to combat the coronavirus now say it's over. I'm appalled by the treatment that this, these women had to put up with, the governor has to resign. Somebody in my administration had um, done that, they wouldn't be in my administration anymore. The three-term governor also facing potential legal action, with a 165-page report from the state's attorney general laying out dozens of allegations, from unwanted physical contact to inappropriate and harassing comments. At least four county district attorneys in New York, where those alleged incidents took place, are now asking the AG for documents. A lawyer for accuser Lindsay Boylan says her client plans to file a civil suit against Cuomo and his close advisors for allegedly retaliating against her after she went public. What does Lindsay want out of filing suit? Lindsay wants to file this lawsuit so other survivors understand that there is a path forward. She wants other survivors to know that this kind of retaliatory behavior is not okay. Governor Cuomo has repeatedly denied that he ever touched anyone inappropriately and has apologized for making anyone feel uncomfortable. Meantime, one of the only people defending Governor Cuomo publicly right now, former New York City mayor and former Trump confidant Rudy Giuliani on Twitter, he said, Cuomo may be guilty, but we used to have trials before convictions. Savannah? All right, Kate Snow, thank you very much. Now to the battle to contain COVID's renewed surge worldwide. The number of cases now surpassed a staggering total, more than 200 million. And here in the U.S., infections have increased sixfold in the past month alone. But news that the FDA could be moving faster on final approval for one vaccine has some feeling cautiously optimistic. NBC's Morgan Chesky is in hard-hit New Orleans with more. Hey, Morgan, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. And doctors say that this final approval cannot come fast enough in the hard-hit South. Their hope is that more vaccinations can hopefully slow down record hospitalizations filling up these rooms. And here at Children's Hospital in New Orleans, doctors are spotting a troubling new trend. More kids getting seriously ill with COVID. This morning, even with vaccinations now doubling in the nation's biggest hotspots, most of the country's seeing a dangerous spike in cases driven by the highly contagious Delta variant.
Promising news in the fight, the FDA could soon grant full approval for Pfizer's COVID vaccine by early September. Some experts are optimistic that could persuade some of the 90 million Americans still unvaccinated to line up for their shots. Moving towards full approval will dramatically increase vaccine rates amongst the unvaccinated. Across the country, some cities are now taking unprecedented steps to slow the surge. In San Francisco, people who received the one-shot J&J vaccine can get a supplemental dose of Pfizer or Moderna if they want it, something the CDC has not approved. New York City becoming the first in the nation to require proof of at least one shot for all patrons at indoor public spaces, like restaurants, gyms, and entertainment centers, starting in September. If you're unvaccinated, unfortunately, you will not be able to participate in many things. In New Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy addressing a group of anti-vax protesters at an event. You've lost your minds. You are the ultimate knuckleheads, and because of what you are saying and standing for, people are losing their life. In the hard-hit South, the Delta variant is overwhelming ICUs. There's only so many beds, only so many doctors, only so many nurses. In Louisiana, one in five new COVID cases is among children. With this new Delta variant, we can see very clearly that children can be severely infected and affected. Kids like 16-year-old Riley Bro. She's eligible for a vaccine but didn't get one. She contracted COVID last week and ended up in a hospital. After spending three days on oxygen, she's now finally going home. I never dreamed that she would be in the hospital. It's hard. And Riley's parents tell me it was after having conversations with staff here at the hospital that they were con convinced to set up their appointment for their vaccinations. And doctors say if a child is still too young to get vaccinated, the best thing you can do is have vaccinated adults around them, calling it an essential buffer against the spread of the virus. Yeah. Hoda? All right, Morgan Chesky for us there in New Orleans. Morgan, thank you. Also this morning, travel troubles are mounting during the peak of the summer travel season, and the timing could not be worse for thousands of spirit passengers stranded in airports with the airline canceling hundreds of flights every day this week. NBC's Tom Costello covers aviation for us. Tom, good morning. Savannah, good morning. The rumor is there's a pilot strike. That rumor is not true. This is a combination of, according to the airline, bad weather, computer problems, staffing shortages, and the surge in summer airline travel. Look at the cancellations today and through the week. 45% of flights canceled on Spirit Airlines today alone. That's 359 flights. Tuesday and Wednesday, 60% of flights were canceled. On Monday, 40% were canceled. So today we're looking at yet another day of aggravation. After a week of delays, cancellations, long lines, and angry passengers, Spirit Airlines is today in for another rough day after canceling well over a thousand flights all week. This looks more chaotic than over there. <laughs> we're gonna go back to with stranded passengers stuck in hours-long lines, unable to fly out or rebook. Among the airports most affected, Orlando, San Juan, Las Vegas, Newark, and Fort Lauderdale. We just stay in the line for like three hours, waiting, nothing, nothing is happening. Spirit tells NBC News we've dealt with overlapping operational challenges, including weather, system outages, and staffing shortages that caused widespread irregularities in our operation and impacted crew scheduling. 
But Spirit isn't alone. American Airlines has also canceled hundreds of flights this week, struggling to meet the surge in summertime travel with bad weather hitting DFW Airport in Dallas. The demand has been way out of uh, control in terms of the airline uh, capacity. And so they've got a real problem. And their problem then translates to consumer problems as well. Meanwhile, yet another air rage incident in a year of bad behavior. 22-year-old Maxwell Berry allegedly drunk, accused of groping and hitting Frontier flight attendants while boasting his parents are wealthy. Taped to his seat by the flight crew and passengers until the plane could land safely in Miami. Miami police charged him with battery. His case making headlines as the FAA now reports a stunning 3,700 cases of unruly behavior just this year on passenger planes. When people are facing jail time for acting out on a plane, um, we, we suddenly see uh, some sobering up. Yeah, so here are the penalties for acting up on a plane. $35,000 fine is the top end, jail time and ban for life by the airlines. And now the FAA chief this morning sending a letter to airports and specifically airport bars, encouraging them not to send passengers out of their airport bars with a to-go cup of alcohol. That's been a problem, people carrying that alcohol on the planes, and very often they're intoxicated. Savannah, back to you. Not a good mix. Tom, let's go back to these cancellations with spirit or really any airline, what do the experts say you should do if you do get stranded? Well, listen, in the case of Spirit, uh, people are really in a pickle here. This is a low-cost airline. A lot of passengers have said, okay, I'm going to go rebook on another airline. The trouble is the, the ticket may be $1,200, and they've got a $200 Spirit ticket. So that becomes simply out of bounds for them. You can get your money back if the airline cancels your flight, if the delay is much beyond what, what a normal delay should be. And you can download the app to make sure you're up to date on the latest cancellations. But in the case of Spirit right now, these customers are really stuck. Mm. All right, Tom Costello, keep us updated. Thank you very much. All right, can we turn the corner? Is it time? Let's go. It's time to talk Olympics, guys. It is day 12 of the Olympics. It's already a real busy one for Team USA. Craig's got us from Tokyo. Hey, Craig Orr. Hey, hello to Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. It is quite busy here in Tokyo on day 12, and we've seen some really remarkable performances in track and field specifically, including a 1-2 finish for Team USA, an American winning the first gold ever in one sports Olympic debut, several U.S. teams advancing to the gold medal matches as well. And that's just for starters. NBC's Tom Yamas once again covering all for us. Hey, Tom. Hey, Craig, good morning to you. We actually just saw the women's 400-meter relay team take first place in their heat. They're looking tough. A much different story on a different relay team on the men's side. They had a horrible day and a problem again with the baton. You're about to see that. In soccer, Megan Rapino unstoppable. At one point, she looked like she was competing in karate with a roundhouse kick that sent the ball straight into the goal. Overnight, the U.S. women's soccer squad reminding the world how they play, taking down Australia and winning the bronze medal. A big rebound after failing to medal in Rio. Rapinoe's corner. She's going for goal and scores! Megan Rapino knocking in two early and exciting goals, while another veteran, Carly Lloyd, added two more. It's 4-1! On the track... Here comes Parchment! 
A stunner in the 110-meter hurdles. Jamaica's Hansel Parchment chasing down Team USA's Grant Holloway to take the gold. Holloway snagging silver. And a shocker in the men's 4x100 relay. Team USA failing to qualify for the final. American track icon Carl Lewis blasting the team on Twitter, calling the loss, quote, a total embarrassment. The Canadian is going to win! In the men's 200, Canada's Andre de Grasse sprinting past Americans Kenny Benarek and Noah Lyles for his fifth career Olympic medal and first gold. They go straight through to the finals. Looking for her 10th medal and first as a mom, USA track legend Allison Felix clinching her spot in the women's 400 final. Her two-year-old daughter watching her highlights with pride. Yeah. I'm tired. Mommy tired? On the court, Team USA's men's basketball pulling away from Australia in the second half, 97-78. Led by Kevin Durant's 23 points. The U.S. is now one win away from four straight goals. One, two, three, USA! In beach volleyball, Americans April Ross and Alex Kleinman dominating Switzerland. Playing through sweltering temps on the sand, the A-team now going for the gold. In BMX, 2016 gold medalist Connor Fields is out of the hospital after suffering a head injury during this scary crash in last week's semifinal. Fields tweeting, I'm back-ish. Still can only stand for five to ten minutes at a time, but we're working. Yes! And in men's park skating, Australia's Keegan Palmer, who was born in San Diego, soaring to gold. During prelims, a frightening moment. Australian Kieran Woolley colliding with a cameraman. Got a thumbs up. Woolley checking on him, and the two later sharing a fist bump. All right, we're glad he's okay. We do love our photographers here and everywhere. Also, a quick note in wrestling, Team USA's heavyweight Gable Stevenson just defeated the defending champion from Rio, Turkey's um, Taha Akul. Now, the match was great, but Gable's quote after was even better. He said, quote, I came here for business. I came here to win. Respect to him. He's a top dog, but young cat came to play today. All right, we are rooting on that young cat as we look at the medal board right now. And Team USA is still on top with the most medals so far in these Tokyo games. Still trying to chase China, though, who has the most gold medals so far. Craig, that's the latest from track and field and all the Olympics. I'm going to send it back over to you. All right, Tom. Thank you, good sir. Uh, by the way, we should point out many of those new medal winners are going to be joining us live throughout the morning here in Tokyo. And back to beach volleyball for just a second. You can watch that A-team. April Ross, Alex Kleiman, go for gold live tonight here on NBC. Coverage starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. Ladies, for now, we'll send it back to you in New York. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. We've got a lot more to get to, including uh, we got to get to the latest on California's largest wildfire, so-called Dixie Fire, tearing through the town of Greenville yesterday and leveling much of the downtown area. Look at that. Also, several homes damaged, a gas station, hotel, other businesses burned to the ground. The town has about 800 people. This fire's been going about three weeks, fueled by intense winds there. It's grown to more than 400 square miles across two counties. Thankfully, no reports of injuries. The area had been evacuated.
earlier this week. But Al, they're obviously dealing with yeah. some bad conditions that there. Yeah, this is now a top 10 fire for them of all time. And unfortunately, <laughs> the conditions are still ripe for that. We are looking at a high risk of lightning and gusty winds, wind gusts of up to 35 miles per hour, elevated to critical risk for uh, wildfires. We're going to be watching this. Plus the smoke, unsensitive, uh, I should say unhealthy air for sensitive groups of folks. Fires report in 13 different states. But as we make our way to the east, we are going to be looking at a lot of wet weather just off the coast, although bringing some heavier rain the east end of Long Island into New England with this slow, slow-moving system making its way to the north, bringing in rounds of rain and track into coastal New England. It'll push off with maybe one to three inches of rain throughout that area. Rest of the country, we are looking at the sizzling heat out west, pleasant throughout much of the northeast and the Great Lakes, but heavy rain down through Florida. And that is your latest weather, my young cats. <laughs> Thank you, good sir. All right, guys, coming up, a really special moment on the track. Team USA's first medals in the men's 200-meter final in 13 years. And the guys who grabbed yeah. them are going to join yeah. Craig live. As proud as we are of Suni Lee and her all-around gold that can't hold a candle to her family's joy this morning, guys. They're going to reunite live right here on the plaza. First time since Suni had that remarkable performance, and we all get to witness this. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed Yeah, so many reasons. In fact, standout performances in sports. Sports old and new overnight, helping our athletes increase that lead in the medal count in the competition here in Tokyo. Far from over. You got it. Well, Craig, uh, of the many superstars we've seen grab the spotlight, perhaps none is quite shining as bright as Suni Lee. Suni Lee clinched the all-around in gymnastics gold. And guess what? She's here live, but with us also is SUNY's very proud family. In a moment, they will reunite for the first time since Aww. SUNY left Tokyo. But first, a look at her inspiring journey. It's SUNY Lee who's in the top spot. 
at just 18 years old, Suni Lee returns home from Tokyo a champion. Welcome to the most exclusive gymnastics club, Suni. A gold medal in the gymnastics individual all around, a silver in the team competition, and a bronze on the uneven bars, her specialty. Every flip, vault, and landing cheered by her family and tight-knit Hmong community back at home in Minnesota. Supporting her from the very beginning, her father, John, even building a balance beam in their backyard when the family could not afford one. But the journey has not been easy. Just before the national championships in 2019, John fell from a ladder, leaving him paralyzed from the chest down. My hands are getting stronger. Um, my balance is not so great, but I, I'm learning how to cope with that. His long road to recovery inspiring SUNY to never give up. You spoke about your dad and you said the Olympics, that's our dream. He always told me that if I win the gold medal, he would come out on the ground and do a backflip. It's sad that he can't be here and that he still not be able to walk, but this is our dream and this is our medal. <laughs> what do you mean it's our medal? This is our medal. We both worked for this. He sacrificed everything to put me into gymnastics. Both my parents really have. SUNY says the Hmong community in Minnesota also deserves credit. Many came to the U.S. as refugees after the Vietnam War, forming lifelong bonds like an extended family. They helped me a lot. Like, they sacrificed a lot for me. They support me, um, like, so much. Her success? inspiring the next generation of girls. When I watch her, it makes me want to work harder to be like her. Oh, oh yes. There yeah. you go, Suni Lee. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be good. Joining us now on the plaza, Suni's parents, Yang and John, her brother and sister, Jonah and Cheyenne. All right, you guys have not seen this little girl since she won those medals, have you? No. Is it time? Do you want to see her? Yes. Yeah. Suni Lee, please come on out and see your family. This is crazy. I don't know. Are we supposed to get up? You did great. Awesome. You did it. Uh. We have to we have to confess you actually saw your sister yeah, yesterday. Yeah. It's your brother. Yeah. Can't keep sisters apart. So no. the, um okay, so you said when we were in Tokyo that this medal was for us. Yes. You talked about your dad. Just tell us what it was like seeing him for the first time. Um amazing. I haven't seen him in so long, so to see them here and be with me and New York is absolutely amazing, and just, I feel so proud, and I'm so happy to see them. <laughs> no, Suni, did I, I think I remember you saying you wanted to put that medal yes. on your yeah. dad's neck. Do you want to do that now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? It belongs to him, too, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gotta make it look good. <laughs> Cheyenne wants one, and so does John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so John, um, how does it feel to have that medal around your neck? Oh my God! I don't know. I, I, 
<laughs> I never ever thought that I would ever get one of these. And she did it, she got it, she brought it home. I'm so, so proud of her, so surprised, so everything. Good job. <laughs> Yang, I heard you were crying a lot of tears. That's what John said. But happy tears these it's, last yeah. few weeks. What has it been like for a mom watching your little one from afar just shine on this world stage under so much pressure? It, it's like happy tears, you know, like just thinking all the hard work that she has done, you know, in the past two years. And every time when she has a bad day and she comes home crying, and then that kind of hurts me. And so um, seeing her with the gold medal and winning these uh, medal, it just made me happy. And so like those are like well, happy tips, you know. <laughs> John, all those years ago, you built a balance beam in the backyard for your little girl. Uh, you said you couldn't afford to buy one, so you were going to build one. Back in those days, could you ever imagine that here we'd be sitting, you'll have a gold medal draped around your neck that your little girl won in the all-around yeah. uh, at 18 years old? That beam was built out of a piece of wood, right? Never thought of, never thought I'd be wearing one of these because of that beam. It is just incredible. And I love that beam now. <laughs> We all do. I feel like I took advantage of it. <laughs> what about your sister? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you proud of her? Oh, I'm so proud. <laughs> I'm I'm crazy about it. I love it. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. Yeah. Um, Suni, this is a magical moment. I know you've waited for this. Mm -hmm. And if you were just going to tell your dad, you know, what he's meant to you over these years, because he's been there since the beginning. Yeah. And he's been there. Obviously, he had this this devastating injury. Mm -hmm. But what would you say to him? Um. I mean, I would say thank you. Like, I wouldn't be here without you. I wouldn't be here without any of you. This whole dream has just been amazing and an incredible journey. So to have you all here with me is just amazing. Well, you know who would have loved to be here with you is about 300, 400 of the Hmong community. Yeah. Who I guess, John, you put out the word on Facebook for a few people to get together, and you, you ended up having like 500 people come up to cheer for SUNY. That was incredible. We, 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 we did it in about a day, a day and a half. We had to get the place, so the <laughs> brother's uh, brother center was uh, a relative of ours, so they were they were able to give it to us, and then we expected 50 to 100 people, <laughs> ended up to be over three, 400 people. Yeah, we, yeah. It was, that, it was, that was pretty incredible. And Cindy, I don't think you have any idea how many young girls you've inspired by what you did. You just did your thing, and you ended up turning on a whole bunch of other little girls. So, ladies and gentlemen, can we say congratulations? <laughs> Ladies, from here in Tokyo, a celebration that was twice as nice for Team USA, taking silver and bronze in the men's 200-meter final. We got the dynamic duo right here to talk to us about the race and about the really important message that, that one of these guys delivered after crossing the finish line. But first, these messages. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with my NBC neighbor, Jimmy Fallon, to talk about his 10 years as host of The Tonight Show, reflecting on his long career in comedy, his years at SNL, 
And yes, landing the biggest job in late night. A little time backstage with Jimmy Fallon. You can get our conversation now for free wherever you download your podcasts. We're back from Tokyo with two of the fastest men on the planet. The 200-meter final was stacked with impressive talent for Team USA. And in a 19-second heart-pounding sprint, two first-time Olympians became medal winners. Silver for 22-year-old Kenny Bednarik, the pride and joy of Wisconsin, and 24-year-old Noah Lyles, the reigning world champion, taking bronze and also winning a lot of hearts for what he said after that race. Gentlemen, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Kenny, let me start with you. I mean, both first-time Olympians. You ran a, a personal record. How's it feel? Oh, it feels really, really amazing. Uh, all my hard work uh, the entire year, uh, you know, just coming up to this paid off, uh, you know, running a personal best, especially in the finals is something to behold, um, you know, looking forward in the future and continue from this. Noah, you, um, after the race, I, I, I saw your interview and, and you said something. You said a couple things that stood out to me, but you said that, that it was boring to be a bronze medal winner. What'd you mean by that? It's boring, you know. Uh, I've been a winner in winning for a very long time. And actually, you know, losing in that race in this Olympics was my only my second loss in my whole pro career. And, you know, I don't like bronze. <laughs> I'm not satisfied with bronze. That's boring. You know, I want to go for gold. Uh, but at the same time, I got to put things into perspective. And, you know, my coach and my agent both represented Tyson Gay who was known as one of the, the greatest American sprinters, and he doesn't even have an Olympic medal. And I had to think to myself, wow, I was able to grab one. Perspective's important. You also, um, you, you've also made a lot of news in that post-interview because you talked about something that a lot of athletes here have been talking about. You talked about mental health. Why did you feel uh, in that moment it was so important to shine a spotlight on, on, on mental health and some of the struggles that young athletes are dealing with? Yeah, I've always talked about mental health in my career. And now, as I got more and more popular, I got more and more attention and people watching me. So I feel that I was able to reach an even bigger audience. Saying it then wasn't any different from when I was saying it back in a few years ago. But every time I say it, I say it with the intention that I know that there's somebody out there who is probably struggling the same issues that I was. And I want them to know that there is ways to feel better. You know, they don't have to keep feeling that way. How have you dealt with it? I've have been very fortunate enough to have my mother, who's been in therapy most of her life, and she got me in very early. So I now have two therapists, <laughs> one for my personal life and one for my sports life. And not only that, I have a huge, amazing team, a brother, a mother, yeah. uh, pops. I have seven siblings. <laughs> and you got a village. Exactly. And it takes a village. And the, I have an amazing girlfriend, and you know everybody's very supportive, and we all keep tabs on each other. Kenny, really quickly before I let you go, I want to ask you about that Carl Lewis tweet because uh, he he took the uh, the relay team to task. He was very critical, um, said that he's seen AAU squads better than that. Why, why are we not better at at the relay? Uh, I mean, like he said, um, he's seen better with the AAU squad. Uh, just very disappointed to see, you know, how we did there. Um, I feel like we can do a lot better than that. We just you know, we need to make sure to just be more organized and just, I don't know, do something different. Um, you know, get us more involved and tell us what's what. 
and practice, you know, you know, a couple more, you know, not a couple days before the event, you know, let's try to get in a training camp. Like we, all of, the, all of that is necessary. We're not deciding who's racing in the relay until like a day or two before the event at the Olympics? I mean, yeah, we, we weren't even in the loop. I was asking my coach a couple days, you know, before we even got to the 200, like, hey, when we practicing, when are we doing this? When are we doing that? And, you know, everything was just up in the loop. Like, no communication at all. Thank you. Congratulations, Kenny. Noah, thank you. Thanks for all you said after the race as well. You helped a lot of people. Uh, By the way, we should remind you that you can watch all the action on the track and across these Tokyo Olympics live. And all you have to do is take out that smartphone right now, scan the QR code. There it is right there, QR code. You do that for the NBC Sports app. Miss Guthrie. All right, Craig. All righty, all righty. Great conversation. Yeah. I really yeah. I, I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Al, you got a check of the weather? Absolutely. Let's show you what's happening across the country. We start out west, sizzling heat, high fire danger, northern California into the Pacific Northwest, heavier showers down through southern Texas, also some wet weather making its way through the upper Mississippi River Valley, heavy rain down through Florida, pleasant conditions, Ohio River Valley into the northeast. And that is your latest weather. Thank you, Al. Uh, still ahead, one of Team USA's most inspiring stories, diver Jordan Wendell. He's adopted by a loving father from a Cambodian orphanage. The uplifting conversation we shared with both of them. Coming up next, your 8 o'clock hour.